Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. St. Margaret of Scotland, St. Gertrude, pray for us, the saints of today. I'm on duty. Terry, what about you, my friend? Yes, I'm on duty. And one of the saints, St. Gertrude, I have something insightful that I read about her that made me really realize that I have a long way to go in my relationship Mm. with Jesus Christ. And the saints have a way of doing that, brother. As uh, Father Philip Scott says, the saints exaggerate what we neglect. That's a good way of saying it. So today, uh, there's an article that I thought was well done. Cardinal Mueller, who's one of my heroes, he has an article about, he said, the Pope would automatically lose his office if he became a heretic. And I want this article to discuss today because uh, we think that it's important that we understand what Catholic teachings teach when it comes to the issue of the papacy, because sometimes I think just we have kind of a worship of the papacy, and that's not what uh, uh, we have. That's not what the church teaches. Nope, that's called papalatry. Papalatry. You got it, partner. Terry, we we also have St. Thomas. He weighs in on this topic as well. Gosh, he does. um, About uh, the role of laymen in the church. A lot of people think uh, the laymen are just supposed to pray, pay, and obey. Not true. We'll see what St. Thomas says. Oh, and he has an angelic doctor of the faith. He actually makes it an obligation, not just that we can do these kinds of things when we criticize prelates. We must. Okay, and then, Jess, uh, this article that you picked on the theological doctrine of canon law, and we are always uh, quoting Canon 212, but this is a canon uh, article that really supports the position that uh, we all are part of church militant, not just the hierarchy, but the lay people right. also. And, and Jess, I just want to mention something. People probably realize it if they haven't gone out and got their turkey for next week. Uh, the prices are about 25% higher than last year. You know, Unbelievable. They, yes, they say that inflation is, you know, 10%. Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, try buying gas a year ago, and then you'll realize that it's a lot higher uh, I also have some more just new, just good for you to know. Terry, Terry, let me just mention, apparently America hasn't suffered enough because yeah. uh, America voted for the same, you know, the party of death is still pretty much in power, at least in the Senate. Well, that's so, our priority. Yeah, that's, that yeah. seems to be the country's priority. And that's really you're, you're right, sad, exactly. Jesse, what you're saying. And I also will say this, that the President Biden was asked, and this is maybe he had already discussed this, when he was asked by a, a reporter, what are you going to do, Mr. President, different in your next two years since we've had such a disaster the nothing. first two years? And you got, he said, nothing. And that doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> All right. I just had to say that, Jess. That was cute. Nothing. All right. Hey, one more information it, I just want people oh, to get. This, is, this could become really big news, Jesse. The yeah. former Vatican Auditor General sues the Holy See for nearly $10 million and threatens to reveal financial corruption. This is the same individual uh, who worked with Cardinal Pell in uh, 2017, exposing all kinds, where the Pope had asked him to go into the finances of the Vatican. Well, he, he found out too much, and they fired him. And I think what's going to happen, that, that follow this story, because this could expose uh, problems at the highest level in the church, and money usually does that. Uh, just uh, one more th- Yeah, Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, just uh, Terry again. Uh, yeah, hit me. it's uh, the lo- we go back to St. Paul. We mention it all the time. Money, the love of money is the root yeah. of all evil. And talking yep. about prelates, another cardinal that we need to pray for and send bouquets of spiritual uh, bouquets of prayers of masses, rosaries, visits. 
Uh, Cardinal Gregory, who is the Cardinal of the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., he canceled the first post-Roe Youth Valley Mass for Life ahead of the 2023 March. Mm. And, you know, Jesse, um, I hate to say it, um, you know, actions speak louder than words. That's all I'll say. Yeah, Terry, and also something else uh, very, very current on the agenda. Tell me. Is, and, and I would be probably, con- I would be included in them. Mm-hmm. According to a new Rasmussen poll, yeah. a majority of Americans, 57% of us, uh, believe that the election outcomes in the midterms have been influenced by cheating. Oh, yeah. I would count myself as part of the 57%. Can, can, I, can I throw yeah. one, one more thing on that, Jesse? Yeah, Why is it that we can vote weeks well before the election <laughs> when the debates take place and one guy who's had a stroke, I, I, God, it was embarrassing for him to be out there on a debate not being able to communicate, and um, most of the people who voted in Pennsylvania voted before that debate. And I guarantee you, Jesse, if voting was done on that day, he would have never won. Absolutely. Hey, Terry, a couple of other things before I get to the, the gospel of yeah, the day yeah. is that uh, Donald Trump yesterday announced that he's running again for president in 2024. He, yep. he made that announcement at his Mar-a-Lago club in Palm Beach, Florida. Also, uh, the marriage vote was is set for uh, for today. Yes, yeah, today, it, it, yes. Yeah, today, the 16th. Today. So the Senate is expected to vote at 315 Eastern time on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Supporters of the bill claim it only codifies the Supreme Court decision redefining marriage, but attorney Roger Severino of the Heritage Foundation warned that Democrats are threatening to empower woke activists inside and outside of government to attack people of faith with this bill that will be used as a cudgel against those who believe in the reality of marriage as between a man and a woman. Jesse, I got to just add something to what you just said. I know we got to get to the gospel, but I got to say this, and, and, and that is... Thank God that we're going to have the House of Representatives. Yeah. It's not going to be part of the Democratic Party because I think what's going to happen is Biden is going to now, uh, per, he's only going to do presidential actions. He can't get it legislatively pro- approved. So he's going to be a bit of a lame duck except for his presidential power as, what do you call that, Jess, the presidential um, executive, executive orders? Executive orders. Yeah. He's going to rule by executive orders. That's my take. Yeah, here's something interesting. Uh, Catholic vote to just put this out. Democrats spent more on TV ads on abortion in the 2022 cycle than McDonald's spent on worldwide advertising that tell you in something? 2021. They outspent the Republicans three to one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's the last thing before we go to the Gospels is uh, uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Congratulations. He won again from Texas. He beat Beto O'Rourke. It would have been a disaster. He announced Tuesday that he invoked the invasion, the invasion clauses of the U.S. and Texas constitutions Good. to deal with the immigration crisis on the southern border. Makes sense to me. Uh, God bless him. Yep. Uh, he's a good man, Terry. I'm glad that, uh, you know, Texas knows how to run elections, and so does Florida. And, and Jess, I forgot to say, before we get to the gospel, Church Militant will be on, I assume, the yeah, last segment. Yeah, they'll be on. Good. Let's get some soul M- M- Mr. Fidoa will be on with us. Good. Terry, Luke, uh, Gospel of Luke chapter 19, verses 11 to 28. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God would, would appear there immediately. So he said, mm-hmm. A noble man went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. Mm-hmm. He called ten of his servants and gave them ten gold coins and told them, Engage in trade with these until I return. 
His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to, to announce, We do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called to whom he had given the money to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned ten additional ones. He replied, Well done, good servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second came and reported, Your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. And to a servant, too, he said, You take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, Sir, here's your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief, <laughs> for I was afraid of you, because you're a demanding man. Yeah. You take up what you did not lay down, and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, With your own words I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? Then on my return, I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by, he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you to everyone who has, more will be given, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now as for those enemies of mine who do not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After this, after he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, is, that, is that capital punishment there? It, this is going to happen at the end of time. This this is exactly going to happen, yeah. this, this whole parable, at the second coming of Christ, at what we call the general judgment. Mm-hmm. He's going to see how much talent he gave every one of us, yep. and we're supposed to double it and give it back to him. Double it and triple it and give it back to him. There are some people, like Joe Biden, like Nancy Pelosi, that have been giving the fullness of the faith, Terry. God is going to ask him, you were a president, you were a speaker of the house. Did you? What did you do to advance the kingdom of God, my kingdom? What did you do to advance the gospel? Terry, they worked against the gospel. And you know what's going to happen then? At the last verse right there, we're, 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 this is a prophecy of this of the general judgment and the particular judgment. Yeah. Jesus is going to say, "Now it's those enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, uh, Biden, Pelosi, and others, bring them here and slay them before me." Wow! If any, especially if a Catholic Terry, yes, who has more obligation because more has been given to them. You see, the servants here more was given to some servants, and God expects. If you've been given more, he's expected to re- to re- uh, to receive more at the end, at the general, at, at the particular judgment. You're supposed to come here, Lord. You gave me ten. I multiplied it. Here you go, Lord. Terry, there are p- powerful Catholics in this country who have been given the fullness of the faith. They've been given positions of power, and they're going to go to heaven at their particular judgment, judgment empty-handed. They wow. did nothing for Jesus in this lifetime. Well, that's why we want to pray and make sacrifices for sinners. Yeah. Because we want them to have the grace to say yes and reject their selfishness. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. When we come back, we'll have Cardinal Mueller talking about what would happen if the Pope was who uh, became a heretic. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now... Here's Terry and Jesse. Hey, if you like what you're, and if you want uh, to let your friends know about our show and evangelize everybody you love, 
You can share the full show link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio and our YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. Jesse, before we go into this article, I think it's important to read it because just last week a headline came out. Vatican Archbishop says Pope Francis or his successor will contradict church ban on contraception. Now, there's an example, Jesse, that despite the Archbishop's prediction, the church's prohibition on contraception is not a matter that can be changed. So if someone tried to change it as the Pope, we're going to get right into it. Cardinal Mueller's position on this is that he would automatically lose his office. So let's get into that article. He's not the first one that says no. it, but he's got a big footprint, Cardinal Mueller. He does, he does. He's one of the Pope's advisors. That's what cardinals are. Yeah. Cardinal Mueller said in a recent interview that the Pope loses his office if he becomes a heretic and if the contradiction to the revelation and the dogmatic teaching of the church is evident. Mueller made the remarks about a Pope possibly losing his office while answer, answering a question about papal infallibility in an interview published on a German Catholic news site. He said this, Dogmatic declarations may have the, the quality of infallibility if their content derives from sacred scripture and the apostolic tradition of the word of God, and if they are formally presented by, to be believed by the proper authority of the magisterium of the Pope and the bishops with the assistance of the Holy Spirit as a truth revealed by God, as explained by the German Cardinal Mueller. He also said, A new public revelation, they, the Pope and bishops, do not accept as pertaining to the divine, positive, divine, divine deposit of faith, uh, Cardinal Mueller continued, quoting Lumen Gentium 25. Vatican II, go ahead. Yeah. Cardinal Mueller, he also says that obedience is not owed to an obviously heretical bishop. That's right. on a, kind of a sidebar. It's true. He says, Cardinal Mueller says, it is therefore erroneous to think that a council or a pope could annul an earlier dogma or stipulate, for example, that the nature of the sacrament of holy orders does not include the requirements of the male sex of its recipient, close quote. So the German cardinal said, adding that it would be also wrong to think that the Pope or a council could introduce marriage between two people of the same sex. Here's what he said, Cardinal Mueller. Quote, in an extreme case, a Pope could become a heretic as a private person and thus automatically lose his office if the contradiction to the revelation and dogmatic teaching of the church is evident, close quote, the position that the, ho- that the Pope could become a heretic and lose his office was held by St. Robert Bellarmine, a doctor of the church who wrote about the issue in, his sec- in, the sec- in the second book of his work on the Roman <laughs> pontiff. According to St. Robert Bellarmine, here's what he said, quote, the Pope who is manifestly a heretic, ceases by himself to be Pope and head, in the same way as he ceases to be a Christian and a member of the body of the church. And for this reason, he can be judged and punished by the church. Here's my sidebar. I believe, Terry, and I'll turn it over to Terry. Yeah. I believe that the Synod <coughs> is the great reset inside the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. The modernists want to normalize homosexuality and all things LGBT. And on a sidebar, Cardinal Mueller says again, nobody can change Catholic doctrine that homosexuality is a grave sin. Terry, you want yeah, to I'm going to continue with the article, but the one question I have, Jess, and you and I have discussed this, who judges the Pope? And I would think it would be his advisors, the Cardinals. That would be that's what opinion. he's saying here, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, my that's what he's alluding, because those are his advisors, the exactly. Cardinals. Exactly. Now, this is the opinion <coughs> of all the ancient fathers. See how we love consistency yes. as Catholics? We go way back, folks. Bellarmine continued, 
who teach that manifest heretics immediately lose all jurisdiction and outstandingly that of St. Cyprian, uh, who speaks as the following, follows of Novation, that who was Pope, uh, was an anti-Pope, in the schism which occurred during the pontificate of St. Cornelius. He would not be able to retain the episcopate, and if he was made the bishop before, he separated himself from the body of those who were, like him, bishops, and from the unity of the church. Now, Jess, we've been here before, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. according to St. Cyprian, mm-hmm. affirms in this passage, even had Novation been the true and legitimate pope, he would have automatically fallen from the pontificate if he separated himself from the church. Bellarmine states, adding that the foundation of this argument is that the manifest heretic is not in any way a member of the church, that is, neither spiritually nor corporally, which signifies that he is not such by internal union nor by external union. Just add what, please add on to this, because furthermore, Mueller noted in this, he's quoting him, but go ahead. Yeah, Cardinal Mueller noted in the same interview Mm -hmm. that, quote, every pope must distinguish precisely between his task and himself as a private person. And that a pope, quote, must not impose his preference, preferences on other Christians, close quote. Right. Well, again, objectively speaking, this is me speaking, yeah. this pope has a preference Big for time. modernists. Big time. He has a preference for dissenters. That's true. He has a preference for, for Muslims. Look who he hires. He has a preference for, for uh, pro-aborts. Yep. He has a preference for globalists. Yep. He has a preference for secular humanists. But he doesn't have a preference... Uh, in fact, he, he's he's actually uh, made a lot of uh, critical remarks about people who hold to the traditional teachings of the church. And yet, Terry, we're only trying to do what Scripture says. Yep. St. Paul, uh, right? the Word of God, this is God speaking through St. Paul, where he tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, hold, hold fast to the traditions which were given to you by word or by letter. All we're trying to do is remain faithful to Scripture, where Scripture tells... Because remember, the, the oral tradition is called, in Greek, the rhema, it comes before the written New Testament. That's right. It came back, it, it came hundreds of years. The, or, the rhema, the oral tradition of the church was around for centuries before the written Word of God. And so for Pope Francis to say that, you know, uh, that people that hold to tradition were rigid. We're just holding to what God tells us to hold to because tradition, sacred tradition, comes from God. Well said, Jesse. I can't argue with that. Now, um, a pope or bishop or any other ecclesiastical superior must also not abuse the trust that is readily placed in him in fraternal atmosphere in order to provide his incompetence or corrupt friends with ecclesial uh, signatures. The German prelate continued. Now, Mueller mentioned the betrayal in Scripture of Judas and the denial of Jesus by St. Peter before the Passion as proof that the church officials in history and the present can also fail and abuse their office selfishly or narrowly mindedly. Yeah, now, let me just make a comment there. Uh, that's a Scripture. Yeah, yeah. Father Clovis, he, he made a comment about that passage, which... Think about it. Okay. In 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 one sentence, God makes Peter yeah. 
the rock and 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 the and, and uh, the foundation of the church and yeah. gives them the keys. And right after that, even <laughs> P- Peter, his concupiscence yes, kicked in, exactly, and he started thinking like again in his own personal understanding of the way things should play out. And God calls him right after he gives him the keys and makes him the rock. He says, get behind me, Satan, which goes to show you once again that that again, sometimes Peter and what would you say the popes in general, the Peters in general, all the way down, uh, you know, sometimes we pray for them to act like uh, the rock and the man with the keys given to him them by Jesus. But there has been times in history, Terry, yeah. where, where some of these popes have failed in, in, in holding to that high office. And they've thought as men and they've done some things, either done, done some things physically or taught some things, once again, that don't comport with their office. Yeah. Well, well worldliness. In other words, yeah. it, one of the ways of knowing if you're... It with with Christ is look at the world and take a look at their positions on things. If you have the same positions of the world, then you probably, 99% chance, I'd say 100%, you don't have the position of Jesus Christ in the Bible. That's all. Yeah, that's right. Simple. Yeah. It says here, a bishop, uh, uh, Cardinal Mueller says, a pope or bishop or any other ecclesiastical superior must also not abuse the trust that is readily placed in him in a fraternal atmosphere in order to provide his incompetent or corrupt friends with ecclesiastical sinecures. In other words, uh, don't be doing favors for your friends and giving them high office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. I'm sorry. And I'll give you a position of power. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cardinal Mueller mentioned the betrayal of Judas and the denial of Jesus by Peter before the Passion as proof that church officials in history and the present can also fail and abuse their office office selfishly or narrow-mindedly. This next section is really what Say, we need to be it. doing. Go ahead. Yes, it's Go ahead. the best way yep. that the faithful can support the Pope and the bishops is through prayer. Remember I mentioned spiritual bouquets for our prelates, for our Pope? Yes, praying for them. That's what we can do because he said that reference to Jesus Christ's words directed at Peter, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired you to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. See, I say that for our prelates. Yes, that thy faith will not fail, thou being once converted, confirm thy brethren. This is Luke chapter 22. So that's why we need to be praying for our prelates. That's why every Thursday night, that's what we do. Because the, the devil blessed. goes after them. Why would he go the after vengeance. the devil? Tell us why, Jesse. It's common sense. Well, again, he's Take the, the rock and he has the keys. Yeah, He has the rock and the key, so... He he's 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 got the big bullseye exactly. on his back more than any we're other just bishop little or guys other as layman. Come oh, on. I'll tell you, we're insignificant. Exactly. The devil doesn't even worry. I'm t- I'm seriously. Yeah, we're, we're like a, a fly on his on his shoulder. Yeah, he doesn't regard us. No, he looks at the power of the papacy and That's the power right. of the bishops and priests. Exactly. And then the German cardinal and former head of the congregation, the doctor of the faith, has he's been a staunch critic of recent heterodox developments in the church especially the German Sedonal way that Pope Francis Senate on Synodality, which he called, are you ready? And I agree with him, a hostile takeover of the church. Well said. What a perfect description. Here's my take on the Synod, Terry. The Synod is the great reset of the church. And uh, I forgot who said, I think it was Vigano or Schneider, they said that the great reset is just simply communism, communism oh, yeah. coming into the, into the church. Yeah. 
any bishop not objecting to the synod is causing serious scandal. And here's what's scandalous. Only 1% of Catholics have been surveyed. You've had non-Catholics and anti-Catholics that have been surveyed as well. This synod is a total fraud. And the church's synods are being, are being utilized to politicize the Catholic church. And, uh, and again, Terry, it's nothing but an anti-human, anti-left-wing agenda. Uh, we, would be, we would be openly protesting these synods if they were promoting some political agenda like you know, racial superiority or white privilege, for example. There'd be a human cry all over the world. And for 2,000 years, the church has pro- proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. And this synod is a betrayal of the gospel. You're calling them out, and we should be calling them out because we are part of church militant. Yeah. And the lay people are part of the church. Church triumphant in heaven, church suffering in purgatory, and we're church militant here. And we got to swing the bat for Jesus. And when we come back, we're going to talk about swinging the bat, talking about canon law, and the issue about can we question superiors in the church. Well, I think we can, and we'll give you the documentation on that from Canon Law and St. Thomas Aquinas. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I just want to mention that I know a lot of you are getting flack from your friends and your family members about the November 8th elections. There's a lot of us that have heartburn over what happened in several states. And, of course... If you dare say something like, you know what, I think the I think the elections were stolen, they were rigged. If you say something like that, you're canceled. You're canceled on a lot of major platforms. And so here's the new term that you're going to be insulted with your family and friends. If, they, if you even question the elections of November 8th, they're going to say, you're an election denier. That's a new term that they're using. Now. Are you an election denier? If you want to know how to respond to them, go to my website. I posted a response to anybody that asks you. Am I an election denier? Go to my blog, jesseromero.com forward slash blog. Today's blog, I answer that question, how to respond to your friends and family members that are going to start calling you an election denier. Uh, How to respond with the facts. So what's the role of laymen in the church? (laughs) Well, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, he gives it to us. He gives it to us straight. First of all, it's good to see the theological doctrine of the church, and it's, it's refreshing to see how the church always has an answer to complicated questions and a solution for challenging problems. So here's what St. Thomas says about answering the question, the role of laymen in the church. Are we just supposed to pray, pay, and obey, and shut our mouth? Here's what St. Thomas says in regards uh, to correcting a prelate. He says, So for good reason, St. Thomas received the title of the Universal Doctor of the Church. He has something to say about whether or not an inferior can admonish a superior. So in his comments on the sentences of Peter Lombard, generalizing on the episode of St. Paul admonishing St. Peter, he teaches that to correct the prelate who sins is a work of mercy. Amen. Work of mercy. Admonish the sinner. Yep. Uh, You know, uh, instruct the ignorant those are in fact the higher the prelate's position the greater the merit of the one who corrects exactly wow ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12 says that god quote imposed duties towards his neighbor on each one close quote now a prelate doesn't matter if he's a pope is our neighbor 
Exactly. Therefore, we must correct him when he sins. Uh, St. Thomas says, Some say that fertile correction does not extend to prelates, either because a man should, should not raise his voice against heaven, or because the prelates are easily scandalized if corrected by their subjects. However, this does not happen, since when they sin, prelates do not represent heaven and therefore must be corrected. Case in point, when Father James Martin is, is promoting uh, homosexual behavior yep. uh, you know, as something normal, you think he represents heaven? No. Heck no. Heck no. St. Thomas says, and those who correct them charitably do not raise their voices against them, but in their favor, since the admonishment is for their own sake. For this reason, the precept of fraternal correction extends also to the prelates, so that they may be corrected by their subjects. If an inferior, be he a priest or a layman, can correct a prelate, a layman can likewise correct a priest. Terry, next and, passage. And Jesse, I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm going to read this, but let me just say something. That's really critical. What Thomas is saying is scandal. If somebody's teaching something not contrary to the church's teaching, that it could affect somebody's soul. Thomas talks about the number one thing, salvation of a soul. So if we're going to correct him because of the benefit of his soul and the souls that are listening, that's it, we're obligated to do that. Now, in another passage, St. Thomas straightforwardly upholds the principle that the faithful can question and admonish prelates. He said, there being an imminent danger of for the faith. That's what I just mentioned. Yeah, prelates must be questioned. Because look, so if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. That's and right. so this is why we, you know, we don't do it because we enjoy correcting a prelate. I'll never forget Bishop uh, Strickland on the, uh, the Stri- Bishop Strickland hour on VMPR. He told me right up front when we started a couple years ago, Terry, on the air, if I ever say anything, that is going to be contrary to the magisterial teachings of the church, and I could. Please correct me. Don't wait until the commercial. Why? Because he, no, he said that. His were his words. Why? <laughs> because I don't want to be held responsible for what I just said. If I'm wrong, I, I, I'm, I'm, he's got humility. And so St. Thomas is saying the same thing that, think about St. Paul. He was a subject of St. Peter, and he questioned him publicly on the account of the eminent danger of scandal in a matter of faith. And as the gloss of St. Augustine states, St. Peter himself gave the example to those who govern so that if they should stray away from the right path, they will not reject a correction as an unworthy, even if it comes from their subjects. You remember mm. the saints say, humility, humility, humility. See, when people can't be corrected, uh, you call me Jess. What did I tell you, Jess, on the air about all two decades ago? Correct me, dude. I, <laughs> I, I'm, and Terry and me correct each other all the, all the time. And what? by the way, not we're not, we don't promote heresy. We, Terry and me, because we talk a lot, yeah. we make what's called vanilla error. There you go. You know, like, inste- yeah, instead of saying mortal, we said venial sin, or yeah. instead of saying, uh, you know, we make vanilla errors and we, you know, we'll text each and other after the show. It. Hey, hey, you said this. It's, oh, oh, shoot. I was, I was sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. We correct ourselves. Yep. You got to. Yeah. Yeah. We're, Go ahead, Jess. So referring to the same epistle. Yeah. Again. Referring to the same episode in which St. Paul repre- re- reprehended St. Okay. Peter. St. Thomas teaches when a prelate teaches error, yeah. the lady must uh, reprimand him. We have to. Here's what he says. 
the reprehension, this is St. Thomas, not me, was just and useful, and the reason for it was not trivial. He's talking about St. Paul right. repre- uh, re- uh, re- reprehending St. Peter. Mm-hmm. He says, there was a danger for the preservation of evangelical truth. The way it took place was appropriate, since it was public and open. For this reason, St. Paul writes, I spoke to Cephas, that is Peter, before everyone, since the simulation practiced by St. Peter was fraught with danger to everyone, close quote. So the universal doctor of the church also shows how this case contains teachings not only for hierarchs, but for the, the, the lay faithful as well. He says this, To the prelates, an example of humility was given so that they do not refuse to accept corrections from their inferiors and subjects, and to the subjects, an example of zeal and liberty so that they will not fear to correct their prelates. Above all, when the crime is public and entails a danger for many. Close wow. quote. Wow. Keep With going, this man. doctrine of St. Thomas... It becomes crystal clear right. that a layman can and must admonish a priest, a bishop, or even a pope in the case he runs the risk of going astray from the right path. Terry. Wow. Other great theologians. Let's quote them. St. Augustine, St. Robert Bellarmine, uh, Father Francisco del Victoria, O.P., and Father Fran- Francisco Soros, S.J., the great scriptures. Yep. Oh, he's he, yeah, he, yeah, he's a believing Jesuit, I call him. Yeah, I think he, he did a commentary on every verse of the Bible. He did. Yeah. Teaching the same doctrine. The reader can find more demonstrations in this article. Yeah. Duty... What about canon law, Terry? All right, well, let's get to canon law, Jess. Yeah. Canon law says, for those who pretend that a layman should never speak out against a clergyman, they should know that even in the 1983 Code of Canon Law does not agree with them. It's clear and approves such as an obligation and right of Christian faithful always. And Jesse and I always quote to Canon 2.12. It states, according to the knowledge, competence, and prestige which they possess, they, laymen, have a right and even at times a duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinions on the matters which pertain to the good of the church and to make their opinions known to the rest of the Christian faithful without prejudice to the integrity of faith and morals, reverence towards their pastors, and attentive to the common advantage and the dignity of persons. That's what we do here, Jess. Continue. The The church church does not legalistically forbid a Catholic journalist or any qualified layman from offering criticism of an an ecclesiastical authority. Uh, And uh, third conclusion. Mm -hmm. I conclude that the study of the Catholic doctrine and canon law affirming that without any shadow of a doubt Laymen can criticize their superiors when the latter abandon or seem to abandon the path of orthodoxy based on what we've seen from St. Thomas, the other doctors of the church, and the code of canon law, and sacred scripture. The church militant comprised of both hierarchy and faithful exists on on this earth to fight. And the church is divided into three parts, the church triumphant, the saints in heaven, the church suffering, the souls in purgatory, and the church militant, those still living on earth. Holy Mother Church could have called this last group the church praying, for certainly we must pray to reach heaven, but she did not. She called us the church militant because the normal position of her members is always characterized by combat. Outside her walls, the Holy Church has her foes, the heretics, schismatics, pagans, and Jews, yep. who must be combated. That's right. This combat did not end with Vatican II. It continues <laughs> and will never end until the end of the world. Inside the church, every Catholic has a twofold duty to fight. First, he must fight his own defects, the world and the devil. Second, 
He must also fight those enemies who have infiltrated her walls with errors, compromises, and heresies. We take up these internal battles because it is our duty as members of the church militant. Our life as Catholics is a fight. That's right. And we should not allow this important truth to be obliterated by anyone, lay or ecclesiastic, when the integrity of the Catholic faith and her tradition is threatened. The mark of the Catholic is to fight and to love the fight. That's why in the book of Maccabees, the Maccabean brothers are called joyful warriors. And that's also another term that's used by Bishop Thomas Olmsted in his document to men into the breach. He calls us to be joyful warriors. And I'll add this, St. Pope Felix III, this is very appropriate for this topic. He said in the fourth century, not to oppose error is to approve it. Not to defend truth is to suppress it. And indeed, to neglect to confound evil men when we can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. So sins of omission. In my humble opinion, Jess, this is my take on this article, that it's a sin of omission when we stay quiet, when the truth isn't being proclaimed. And uh, I think an easy uh, mistake for people is that, hey, I didn't get paid to do this. That's not part of who I am. No, no. We are all called to proclaim the teachings of Christ in season and out. So we can't make uh, excuses for us. We have to stand up for the truth. For the salvation of souls. That's where it all comes down to, Jess. Terry, as our good friend uh, Doug Berry says, we are all called to be battle ready. Battle ready. All right. Battle ready. When we come back, Church Militant's going to be with us to talk about the news that's coming up on Church Militant. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yeah, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yeah, we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. We've got Mr. James Fidoa from Church Militant. He's going to update us on the news regarding the church culture and politics. James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Terry and Jesse. How are you guys? Blessed Good, by the great. best. Hey, by the way, guys uh, a little last week. Oh, yeah, we've been rocking and rolling, but uh, we're glad to have you back, brother. Yeah. You know, hey, uh, James, we're old guys. Guess what we happened last week? We <laughs> totally forgot about you guys. Okay. So that's what happens oh, when you're wow. post 60. You're just like, hey, weren't we supposed to? You know, uh, so uh, once again, you don't know about that since you're half our age, maybe not even that. By the way, tell Michael and the staff thank you for today's vortex this morning. On, on the Trojan horse uh, facing yeah. reality. That was absolutely what we needed to hear this morning after Holy Mass with my cup of coffee. So, yeah. Mr. James, what do we got going on today? Well, uh, first off, uh, going to Capitol Hill, the uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, ha- unfortunately still the Senate Majority Leader, uh, he is uh, introducing man. a yeah, bill. One evil yeah. man. Yes, exactly. He's introducing the Respect for Marriage Act, yeah. which is, of course, anything but respect for marriage. Exactly. It will. It should be called the will, disrespect uh, marriage. The marriage. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, across the land, really. And uh, what's uh, what's especially concerning about this is, I, I, and I kind of knew this was going to happen, is that a lot of uh, Republican senators are um, uh, signing on to this bill, voicing their support for it. Um, I know uh, Susan Collins out of Maine. Uh, she's a rhino, so uh, no big surprise there. But uh, 
just just kind of shows right now um, the, the 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 depths that the American political system has fallen to, um, and I'm sure this is going to make it past the Senate because we still uh, do not have the majority, unfortunately, yeah. uh, at least not uh, legitimately anyway. But yeah. Uh, yeah, by, by the just, way, James, let me mention some. Uh, I, I'm one of the I'm one of the 58 uh, percent that believes that the elections were. Uh, <clears throat> rigged. Uh, yeah, Michael said that there's a Rasmussen poll that said 58% of Americans yes. believe that the elections were compromised and rigged. Count me in. Uh, so, you know, Same. and again, the whole name calling that goes with it from family and friends, you're an election denier. And uh, I, some people are even getting canceled on social media. Once again, if you use, if you use, if you even dare to say that you believe that the elections were <clears throat> S T O L E N. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were looking forward to maybe having you know, the holidays and uh, uh, you know dinner with with family to be uh, not as a like heavy political tension, uh, but that's certainly not the case. No. And uh, you know, like you said, a lot of I'm surprised it's 58 percent to be honest. Uh, I mean, we saw Arizona; they took oh gosh, oh my gosh, they took like days and days and days to count. You know, like half as many votes that florida had to count it was it was insane Correct. how long they took and how, like how much they dragged their feet on everything god help us god have mercy on us <laughs> so what else have we got what else is uh, going to be on the news tonight well uh some good news good. Uh, we I like guess. good uh, news trump is launching his uh 2024 presidential bid he did yeah. that yesterday uh-huh. uh at i think like 9 p.m eastern time or something like that um, but so that's some, uh, that's some good news right there that we can, uh, be, uh, you know, happy about. I think there's, uh, you know, some, uh, maybe disagreement or, or something. I, I don't know what I'd call it, but I've seen a lot of polls, uh, uh, within the GOP that actually some people prefer DeSantis as the, uh, presidential nominee for the Republican party. So I, I don't know where you guys stand with uh, yeah, that, he, but, uh, that's yeah. certainly, uh, Something to keep our eye on that we're definitely Absolutely. going to well, well, here are the here are the facts. He's been the best. I'm 61 years old. He's been the best president in my lifetime. Uh, the last four, when he was president for four years, we enjoyed the greatest economy. We were at peace with world powers. Uh, lowest unemployment with minorities. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, you, you couldn't. Uh, we had we were energy independent. Uh, he gave us a pro-life Supreme Court. We toppled Roe versus Wade. Objectively speaking, he's been the best cap, the best president in my lifetime. I've been here 61 years. Me and Michael are the same age. Uh, and so, uh, but there is a lot of rhinos that don't want him to run. They, they can't stand him. Which you, so so the, the Republican Party, unfortunately, just like the Catholic Church, it's split. You got the rhinos, the establishment Republicans that are conservative in name only, and they're more of a uniparty with the Democrats in a lot of matters. And then you have the uh, the Make America Great. You got the uh, you know the, the more Tea Party type. I would consider yeah. myself one of the, a MAGA re- a Republican. And so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so there's there's a little uh, internal feud right now re- within the Republican Party. If I can yeah. jump in, just yeah. one thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, James, on that. I understand. I mean, I've been, I have the same sentiments that Jesse has, but here's my only question. What is the goal here? The goal is getting the Democrats out of power. power. Yeah, okay? Absolutely. So I'd like to see us 
unify on this. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. We, we, yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, 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 last night on the evening news, okay. uh, Terry. Uh, we, we played a uh, soundbite of, of Senator Chuck Schumer mm -hmm. uh, saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach McConnell and some of these Republicans that are not MAGA Republicans, and I'm going to ask them to work with the Democrats on certain things. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we need to start, you know, unifying the GOP. Yes, we do. Uh, we need to figure out what they're unifying around and, yep. and what that looks like. But, yeah, I think I think the opposition is just too uh, too evil to yep. be a sort of divided party arguing and bickering. And that's my point, James. That's where I'm coming from. I, I would even say this, as much as I love Donald Trump, what he did for this country, if it meant that he and another individual, whoever that was, I worked together on this project of getting the de Democrats out of power. I say amen to that. But my vote right. was clear. I voted for Trump, I, and, I, and I say this with all humility. Uh, he's been the greatest president in my time, and I'm 65 years old. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, uh, yeah, certainly refreshing to see him that he's running again in 2024. Absolutely. We'll see. How that goes. You got it. Yeah. What, what else do you have left for us? What's the third? So the, the USCCB uh, in their uh, Baltimore meeting, um, they voted to uh, for a new president and vice president. Mm -hmm. The president is uh, Brolio mm -hmm. and the uh, vice president is Archbishop Laurie over in Baltimore. <laughs> um, we were, you know, I, I was actually kind of surprised uh, to see Brolio yeah. as the president. Um, he kind of used to strike me as you know more, more not like not as bad as some of the others that we report on yeah of course um but i mean he has his baggage also he, of course, I mean, he, he kept dead silent really on the uh, uh vaccine mandates for the military mm -hmm. there were a lot of soldiers that did not want to take those exactly um but he kept his mouth shut and i think he, he did open it um, and, and, and kind of slammed the mandates. He did later. Very late in the yeah, game. I remember. Far, far too late, in my yeah, opinion. Of course. I think a lot of soldiers left uh, because they didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, then Lori, uh, let's just say, yeah, he, he's got a lot of baggage uh, with him. We report on him a lot. Yeah. Uh, the most shocking thing to me, I mean, when he was in uh, Connecticut, um, he uh, would not release the the names of some clerical sex abusers I remember that until the uh, US Supreme Court forced got involved and made him release right. those names so he is huge uh, huge uh, gay sympathizer yeah. and just uh, you know horrible horrible prelate all around and I think you know, because of him I think the uh, the church in, um, uh, in his diocese has fallen fallen very far away well so if I can make one little plug, 20 years ago or 15 years ago when I was in charge of starting Lighthouse Catholic Media, the military archbishop gave us permission to give every soldier free downloads of all of our Fulton Sheen material, Scott Hahn, all the good guys. And so for that, I thank him for it. But like you said, there's a lot of baggage here also. But, uh, you know, I, I just had to say that because uh, I know a lot of the military guys told me that it was very instrumental in keeping their faith in a difficult time. Terry, no wonder, no wonder every, when I go around the country and give lectures, I got military guys are always coming oh, up yeah. to me saying, hey, Jesse Romero. I'm like, how does this guy know me? He goes, I, he goes we get your stuff for free over in the military right. on Lighthouse Catholic Media. Yep. 
And you know who also told me this? Because I was there at the USCCB conference. I was out there with the Good. with Jim Havens and the in the prayer uh, ro- rosary with the, the National Men's March from mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood to the USCCB mm. conference center. Yeah, Bishop Coffey, oh, who's also the bishop of the military, he came up to me and he said. Jesse Romero, he goes, I listen to your CDs all the time. He's I'm the military bishop along with, uh, you know, Broglio. He says, he goes, I've been listening to your stuff for a long time. Keep up the good work. So I'm like, wow. And, That's yeah, it's funny. You know, in, in the days of CDs, those things really used to travel. They used to get passed around a lot. So praise yeah. be to God Amen. For, what you, for what you started. James, uh, how can people get in touch for brand new listeners? How can they get in touch to listen to the church militant news every night? Uh, every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, just go right to the site, and uh, around you know 6:45 Eastern time, it should be up there, getting ready to launch, and then we start right at seven uh, every every weeknight. Good. So yeah, all we got to do is just go to the site. It's free to watch, so you don't have to be a premium member or anything. But I would highly recommend the premium stuff. I mean, that has certainly helped me um, a lot with some more of my uh, Catholic faith knowledge. Uh, but yeah, the news is free to watch every night at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and just go right to the site. Awesome. Oh, we appreciate you coming on, and thanks so much, James, for the work you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Terry and Jesse. You bet. God bless you, brother. God bless. God bless. Yep. Jesse, when I hear about what's going on again, this is why we as Catholics need to stand up and not be quiet. Jesse, I would love—I've told Richard, the inter, our engineer here at the break, I said, I would love to see the church is healthy and not have to criticize any prelates or priests or bishops. I'd be tickled pink to say, man, these guys are so awesome because you never hear them teach anything but what Holy Mother teaches. But you know what, Jess? That ain't what we're dealing with today. No, it's not, Terry. Um, it certainly is not. And, and that's why as Catholics, uh, again, thanks to St. Thomas Aquinas, Canon Law, uh, you know, thanks to Galatians chapter 2, we know what we can do. We know what our rights are as lay Catholics. And again, we can't overstep our authority. We have to, okay. as Scott Hahn says, we've got to pray. If you're going to criticize them, you've got to pray for them as well. In fact, we have to pray for them more than we criticize That's them. That's right. And the criticisms have to be thoughtful, respectful, and accurate. You can't make things up. Don't embellish things. Man, and don't forget, as I said, spiritual bouquets of rosaries, masses, visit. Send them to them. I'm praying for you because that's our first response. As a matter of fact, Jess, what do we always say at the end of each show? What state should we be living in, brother, to do this? State of grace, brother. Do not live in a state of mortal sins. Get holy or die trying and uh, turn your back on this evil and corrupt generation. Absolutely. And then why do we always quote the the, uh, Lady of Fatima who says souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices? We have bishops and priests and high officials in the church who need our prayers so that they can receive the graces to do the right thing. We could be affecting souls by our prayers. Let's step up to the bat and swing the bat for Jesus with our prayers and our actions. Up next, Dr. Sandoval here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you and your family.